On today's Lockdown Bucks, we take another look back at uh, what was potentially the breakout performance by Andre Jackson Jr. We've we've talked about it a few times, but he took a big leap in that win over the Houston Rockets and over the weekend for that matter. So what does that performance mean for a Bucks team that is suddenly getting healthier? Camille and I will examine that and take a look at a matchup that has suddenly become a little disappointing with the San Antonio Spurs coming to Milwaukee. We'll explain what we mean after this on Locked on Bucks. You are Locked On Bucks, your daily Milwaukee Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into Locked On Bucks. I am Justin Garcia. You can hear me on the Bucks Radio Network. She's Camille Davis. You can also hear her on the Technical File podcast and the Carry the G in MKE podcast. We thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and viewable on YouTube as part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's Locked On Bucks is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Uh, Camille, you and Frank spent uh, quite a bit of time talking about it last night, but uh, Andre Jackson Jr., was the talk of the town after the performance he had over the weekend, uh, not just that game against the Houston Rockets, but against the Pistons as well. And um, there was a lot of questions going into that Pistons game when we saw some of the the availability. We knew Chris Middleton was not going to play night one of a back-to-back. But shortly before the game is when Adrian Griffin had notified all of us, and Malik Beasley is also out with an illness. So then you looked at it and saw... Well, that's two starters that are out. You're getting Pat Connaughton back, but I don't think you're going to already put him into the starting lineup his first game back. You probably want to monitor those minutes. So how do you fill out these starters? And uh, that game against the Pistons was uh, everything that members of the Bucks subreddit, Bucks Twitter, (laughs) you name it, anybody that's online and a Bucks fan, that's was like your number one Christmas wish list item to see those two guys, Andre Jackson Jr. and uh, Marjan Bochamp in the starting lineup together. It did not disappoint. And then again, with no Malik Beasley against the Rockets, we see more Andre Jackson Jr. And the point that you made before we were talking about it was not only did we see him in the starting lineup once again, but this is what you would point to for everybody that's saying, I think we do need to re-examine the starting lineup as soon as this team gets healthy. You still needed to see a sample size of Andre Jackson Jr. playing with that group. And we got an extended look at that against the Rockets, and it looked pretty good. It did. And it's not as if Andre Jackson Jr. had an easy assignment. Like being matched up against Fred Van Vliet, a small shifty guard who was going to go through screen after screen after screen. So it was interesting to watching Andre and how he tried to navigate that. There were still some times where, you know, he's dying on the screens, but he's a bigger guy. And that's something that you tend to see uh, with guys around his size. So outside of dying on a few screens, I felt like he played some pretty good defense last night and he just makes actionable plays like he his energy changes up everything almost every time he's in the game like yes he fouls a lot and that's something that a rookie has to learn like there are some calls too where I'm like that's a good foul to take like don't let them score like yes that's a good foul and other times where I'm like 
He looked vertical, but I guess he was leaning a little bit too much. He's in the way. Like there are just little things that over time, I think he'll be able to pick up and you pick those things up by getting your playing time, by getting your reps in and seeing him with the starters, which was the first time that we did. I mentioned it during yesterday's show, but we've seen him start five times so far this season, but against uh, the Rockets, that was our first time seeing him start next to Dame and Giannis and Chris and Brooke. And that was the starting five lineup that I've been the most curious about because it's no disrespect to Malik Beasley. Appreciate the effort that he's been playing with. And the man has been a knockdown shooter uh, this season. But it's just one of those things like in the starting lineup, if we can get a little bit more defense in there so that guys just can't continuously abuse at the point of attack, I would like to see what that looks like. And we got a chance to see a little bit of that uh, with Andre in the lineup over the weekend. Yeah, and we saw... I, I wouldn't even call it the downside, just what the other end of it is. A little bit later in that game, in the second half, when you had your starters on the floor and the Bucks were swinging the ball around the perimeter, it went from Giannis to, I think, Dame on a kickout, and you kept moving it around to Andre Jackson Jr. in the corner. And that's a big difference from getting to an open Andre Jackson Jr. versus getting to an open Malik Beasley, where there's more fear in the defense. So we did see that on one or two possessions where the Rockets – basically said, we're not going to scramble to get out there. We'll let him take the shot, and we'll just try to readjust on the other end of the perimeter. But that is something I think we're all willing to live with because of the defense and the athleticism, more importantly, yeah. that Andre Jackson Jr. brings to the floor. I mean, we've talked for the last year plus about Marjan Beauchamp and how he runs the floor, and I think even early on, it, it may have caught Giannis off guard of I'm usually the guy that's running the floor and waiting for this. And now this guy's beating me down there. Like, Holy cow. Uh, Andre Jackson Jr. Even more so where you saw that steal from Dame and he looks up and already Andre Jackson Jr. is down the floor thinking, man, I got a lob to this kid. Uh, so that's huge as well. But as you know, all of us, you, me, Frank, Kane, when he was on here and we were trying to, to determine who's going to be the starters coming into the season, we all mentioned the same thing is that, I did not think Malik Beasley was going to start, and it's not a knock on him. It's just when you look at the starting lineup, you don't need that offense there. That fifth spot when you have Dame and Giannis, and especially now that it looks like this offense is really starting to gel. Brooke Lopez and his ability to score, and I think he's been used a little bit differently so far this season. And Chris Middleton, who basically bailed you out in the fourth quarter last night with his offense, the fifth guy doesn't need to be able to score 20 points and go on a heater. You you need defense and ideally some size and somebody that can defend up with Damian Lillard in the backcourt. And that's what Andre Jackson Jr. has brought to you. So I think for most of us, that's why from the onset, we felt like it's not Malik. And it, I don't think we envisioned it would be Andre Jackson Jr. Uh, coming out of even the first preseason game when he flashed against the Bulls. Marjan Bochamp got a lot of the chatter, but you know we're a quarter of the way into the season now, and the more we've seen of Andre Jackson Jr., the harder it is to convince me that he should not be that fifth starter permanently when this team is at full strength. We're in this exact same boat when it comes to that. I am team. Buy me all the stock. I'm buying the Andre Jackson Jr. stock. I just love what he's able to bring to this team because you see him even attacking the glass, like yeah. he's going for offensive rebounds. And there have been a few plays already in his time on the court where even if he doesn't get the offensive rebound, he's able he to help the Bucks retain yeah. possession. 
Like he he does those little things that are so good to see. And for a rookie, he seems like he's talking a lot on defense. Like I like to watch Andre Jackson Jr. and you see him communicating, pointing rotations out. It's really fun, actually, which I never thought I would say this, but it's really fun this weekend watching like when Bobby was in the game and Bobby's trapping with Andre. And it's like, oh, like y'all are really causing some some havoc right here. And again, never would have expected to say something like that. Like, oh, yeah, Bobby and Andre Jackson Jr. trapping um, is really putting the pressure up on teams. But Andre is just gifted athletically. And it was interesting, too, in this game against uh, Houston. After we saw the Marjan Andre starting combo against Detroit with Middleton back, so okay, now there's a minutes crunch here. And Marjan was the guy who saw his minutes decrease a bit with Middleton back. And we saw Andre get a really good run against Houston, 36 minutes. And he 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 provided during that time as well. So it's going to be interesting as you start seeing Jay come back uh, with Pat back in the fold when Malik comes back. What that minute, like the minutes look like, and what the rotations look like, because I feel like Andre has carved out um, at least a small part in the rotation consistently with his play so far this season. The J uh, piece is going to be most interesting, and and that's again, it's going to take time because he's uh, as we sit here on this uh, what Tuesday the nineteenth, it's still about three weeks away from the ideal timeline. I think this is five weeks out from that uh, injury, and and we heard six to eight weeks, so it's going to be eight weeks. So we're still looking at mid-January sometime around there. Uh, so we're still a few weeks away from Jay Crowder returning to the floor. And even when he does, it's probably going to be a cautious approach for a core injury with a veteran guy. But once he's back and fully back up to speed, that's going to be especially interesting to me mm-hmm. because as, as we've touched on before, you entered the season last year, especially saying, man, we're very thin on the wing. We, we like what we have. We're pretty thin on the wing. We we need Marjan Beauchamp to really pan out and, and develop. And you came in with some questions as well this year. But going into the season, I don't think any of us were, were going to suggest these guys are going to be big-time rotational pieces immediately. But in the back of your mind, you did say, well, there are nice pieces that they've added that you can start to develop. It may not be this year. Maybe it's next year, especially in the likes of a, a guy like a Chris Livingston, too. If maybe mm-hmm. that's a, a year or two down the road that you can get something out of him. That suddenly, all of a sudden, it's hard to believe a year later. And I know it's not elite depth. But in the span of a year, we went from from pondering who, who who's going to play on the perimeter for this team to, well, he can't play because of a minutes restriction. Yeah. And to your point about thinking of the future and how things shake out, we definitely have to keep our eye on how things shake out once Jay comes back. Um, And just over the next few weeks, even before Jay's return of how the minute allocation looks for some of these guys. But one thing I've been thinking about future focused is what the team will look like. Let's say Griff is able to stay in this position for a few years. What does the roster start to look like when he's able to get more of his guys into his system? Because he inherited a team really that was built for what bud wanted to do we saw how he tried to make some changes at the start of the season that didn't necessarily work out with this current group but there are things that we see that he values in the player and we noticed that during the draft because we were like how is what what does this say about what we can expect from what griff wants to run so i'm also looking forward to like hey i definitely want to see more andre this year i even want to see more marjan just getting them that playing time when you can i know that's difficult when you're on a championship contending team because you have to balance like we're trying to win 
but we also have a little eye for these couple young wing players that we have and we want them to develop. So I'm really also interested to see what this team looks like in a couple of years if Griff's able to stay at the helm and we get more of his guys into the system. Like, what does this team look like then? And Griff has also kind of picked his spots where we've seen more and more of those those the type of play that he wants defensively. And I think he's done a good job of balancing, okay, when Brooke isn't on the floor, that's where we're going to have Bobby out there. That's where we're going to blitz a little bit more with, with Bobby and Andre or Marjan, whoever it is that's out there with him on the perimeter. So we've started to see a lot more ball pressure from this team, and we've we've seen their turnovers start to increase, that they're forcing, not just that they're committing as well. So that is going to be interesting to monitor for this team as we move through this season and, uh, to your point, down the road as well, years uh, from now, assuming everything remains unchanged here uh, with this group at the uh, at the top especially. I do want to get into some more things about Andre Jackson Jr. and um, what Griff had to say about his performance against the Rockets and some of the things that we noticed um, that kind of tie into some of the comments that uh, Adrian Griffin made about the uh, rookie's performance when we come back from the break. Well, eBay Motors is uh, one of our partners here that have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. And this week, the players that Josh has picked out for eBay's guaranteed fit fantasy picks of the week, the player that I have uh, my eye on especially here, is Tari Eason. Uh, we had a chance to see him in Houston. Still coming off the bench. Doesn't really matter. Ime Udoka has found minutes for that uh, young player. And he's a strong fantasy value per minute option because he becomes useful to everyone as uh, his minutes tick up. Josh Lloyd from Lockdown Fantasy Basketball is going to help you win your fantasy championship <laughs> with eBay Motors. And uh, eBay Motors knows the championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. <coughs> same for your vehicle um ebay motors makes it easy to find all the parts that you need over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly brake kits led headlights roof rack bumpers whatever your baby needs ebay motors has it with uh, ebay's guaranteed fit it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time or your money back plus at these prices you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, Dan, uh, Camille, one last thing here. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel, on YouTube, Lockdown Sports Today, here for you 24-7, covering the top stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown, plus our national shows covering every week. Go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first-ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. There is uh, nothing more difficult than having to speak when you know a cough is about to Absolutely. come on. Camille, as, as everybody <laughs> just heard there, and uh, imagine doing that on the radio broadcast as well, which I had a couple of those fits last night. Uh, I mentioned 
I want to get back a, a little bit into the Andre Jackson Jr. discussion because what stood out to me in that Rockets game especially, and I don't think it's a surprise because you referenced it too, this was his first chance to, to play with those four expected starters. And there was a couple of moments in that game where he made plays that I, I don't know if it's, I would say it, it, it surprised some of the veterans on that team, but you could tell they were very, very encouraged and thinking, man, this, this kid is really doing something here. Early in the game, one of those feeds to Brooke Lopez, you saw Brooke go out of his way to repeatedly ch tap his chest like, hey, nice play. Damian Lillard did the same thing on that play. The awkward shot that somehow went off the backboard. Andre Jackson Jr. corrals it and just one hand scoops it to Damian Lillard for that three. You saw the same type of reaction from Dame that he seems to be catching the attention and turning the heads of the veterans even more now as, as he continues to see some time on the floor. And that was one of the things that uh, Griff kind of alluded to last night. He he loves his athleticism. He's mentioned that a number of times this season. He called him out for the way that he defended Fred Van Vliet last night, said he did a great job. He knows Fred Van Vliet. Very few coaches know Fred Van Vliet as well as Adrian Griffin does. He's one of those guys, too, that's credited with a lot of the development that Fred Van Vliet had. But he came up with a game plan, wanted Andre Jackson Jr. on him, said he followed the game plan, did a great job, referenced the fouls that we touched on, uh, that, you know, there's a little more fouls than you would have hoped for in the fourth quarter. But as Griff said, it's just, it's rookie mistakes. I'll live with it because everything he does, he does extremely hard. And he's out there hustling. And those are the things that you live with. If it's a lazy foul, that's when you get on a guy. But when it's a foul, just because you're being a little too aggressive and physical in your defense, you coach that and you live with that. And said, look, I love what he's doing. And he has the respect of all of his teammates as well. And those things that we referenced, that's becoming very, very clear that his teammates have noticed, man, this kid can play. And he can. And I love the fact that you brought up what Adrian Griffin mentioned about the fouls because a lot of them did come in that fourth quarter there for him uh, against Houston. But it reminds me of something that Marjan said early on. It might have been in training camp or just right when the season was beginning, but he mentioned the fact that a difference in Griff's system is that if he fouls, he's not scared. Like So he's going out and he's playing really fast, really hard, not really thinking too much because he knows that if he does foul – he's not getting taken out of the game right away. Like he's going to be able to learn through some of that. And that's another thing about Griff that we haven't mentioned on this particular podcast today, but that we've talked about with his hire. And that is that he is known as being a good player development coach. Like Jimmy Butler credits him with a lot. And I was really curious how that might look on this Milwaukee Bucks team because we're so used to this being a veteran-led team with older guys. And we saw how Bud was able to develop some guys and help their skill sets and just kind of amplify what they do well. I think about Brooke Lopez and Bud's system. I think about Pat Connaughton and how they were able to carve out really good roles, even watching Bobby come to Milwaukee and make a role for himself, make a name for himself, and, and grow as a player. And I'm really curious to see how that looks with Adrian Griffin at the helm and what he's going to be able to do with an Andre Jackson Jr., with a Marjan Beauchamp, with a Chris Livingston. We don't know what the deal is with him. Not, not saying that, saying I think that Chris is going to be getting uh, playing time this season, but he's somebody who the Bucs are looking to develop and see what he can become. So I'm really curious, too, to see with that player development side of Griff what we're going to get 
um, from Andre and from Marjan this season. And like you mentioned, Andre's turning heads in the Houston game. I believe he had four offensive rebounds. And I mentioned that there was at least a possession, maybe two, where he was able to retain possession for the Bucks just because he went after the offensive rebound. His passing vision is it's it's wild. So like there are times where I'm like, oh, you got the layup. And he's passing, and I'm like, oh, that's a wide open three. Like I didn't, I, I didn't see that. Like I was watching you at the rim and and you decided to pass this out. But like he has a really good feel for the game. He's a high IQ player, and you can tell that um just from watching him. So it also makes sense that this would be the kind of rookie that could fit in with a veteran team. Like if you know ball and you're willing to do the work, you're going to fit in. And he has that in spades. And he also mentioned Andre himself he has a good group of bets to learn from. Like he mentioned yeah. how Jay Crowder is always in his ear and just how he has so many bets to lean on. Even Giannis trying to help him uh, with his game. Like it's a good group to be leaning on for sure. Yeah. And a, a couple of those plays when we've seen it, what, two or three times already this season where he's driving towards the basket and one of them you just mentioned, and he'll do a 360 spin and kicks it out half the time. And, and Dave Kane and I have joked about this too. Like, I don't know if he truly knows Damian Lillard or somebody else is back there, but you know what? It works for him, so I'm going to let him keep doing it. And on that point, too, about the veterans and, and how they've worked with him, um, Bobby Portis made some some interesting comments last night, too, when we talked to him on the postgame of the radio broadcast and that you know I, I asked him about the young guys and how much energy it gives you that Bobby himself is the guy that was – he was really that role of Andre Jackson Jr., the guy that was energizing the crowd and brought in that uh, energy off the bench. And to see those guys, whether it's Andre or Marjan, that it's palpable that the crowd feeds off of that as well, especially Andre Jackson Jr. And Bobby mentioned that he's tried to take those guys, and especially Andre, under his wing and try to teach them the ropes of the NBA references the work that all of them, not just Marjan and Andre Jackson Jr., but A.J. Green as well and Chris Livingston, that entire group puts in that they come in early, they leave late, they ask questions of veterans, and there are they're sponges that are looking to learn. And, you know, that's the, the interesting part is we talk about some of the vets, but oftentimes we'll exclude Bobby Portis. And Bobby, to me, is one of the more useful guys to learn from because the way we've seen this when we just talked about Marjan Bochamp was the guy who saw his minutes sliced with mm -hmm. this team getting healthier AJ Green was that guy a couple of games ago Andre Jackson Jr. was that guy early in the season so it's going to continue to be fluid and nobody's had to deal with that more throughout the course of their career than Bobby Portis who's fluctuated between the starting lineup and the bench and minutes have gone up and down that these are areas that Bobby has experienced quite a bit as well or times he's experienced quite a bit of and and that's a good resource to have as well when we talk about stay ready so you're always ready when you're thrown in the game bobby's an interesting one bobby is somebody who i always think is older than what he is like when we signed him i was like wow i didn't realize he was this young but bobby's only 20 28 right now and he's i mean his career the arc of his career he's been through a lot so even thinking about the off-court aspect of life that he can help impart on these rookies and these young players is super interesting he's also somebody when you think about this bucks team having Giannis, having dame having chris having brooke where talk to a bobby and you're like hey if you can start at your role like there is a lot here for you and again 
that's somebody who they can look at and see like this is proof positive that if you play your role well, there is going to be a spot for you on the court on an NBA team to make a contribution. So I think bringing up Bobby is a really, really good point because he's somebody who, like I mentioned, I always think he's older than what he really is. But like he's I think it's because he's been in the league for so long as well yeah. already. So, yeah, that's definitely a good one. I thought you were going to say when they signed Bobby, like, man, I didn't realize he was still in the league. And that's what, what threw you off. He's got that deceptive look where you, you think Bobby is, and maybe it's the way he plays too and how he embraces really a throwback style and his physicality. But he, he just seems like he'd be more older or, or more of yeah. a veteran uh, than he actually is. On the opposite end of that spectrum is Victor Wembenyama, the, uh, the rookie and – Maybe the rookie of the year. This is a pretty interesting rookie class. He has been turning heads so far this season, but unfortunately, some bad news for Bucks fans. We'll dive into that and uh, take a look at the opponent in the San Antonio Spurs after the break. Time to tell you about game time as uh, I've talked about my experience before with frustration trying to find tickets for events when I've been out of town. I don't know the venues. Don't know what the view is going to be like. I don't know what sections are and what rows are good to sit in. That's when a, a service like Game Time really comes in handy. You don't need to worry about buying tickets to your next big event with Game Time. It's fast and easy to get your tickets to sports, music, comedy, theater events, anything you can think of. You can use the Game Time app for your tickets. You can get killer last minute deals, have your all in price. Views from your seats, everything I just explained. If you've never been to the venue, even if you have and you don't remember what section is what and you want to see what the view is going to look like, Game Time has that for you on their app. And best of all, their best price guarantee. Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. It is the only ticketing app that gives you peace of mind with your purchase. As again, you see the view from your seat before you buy your tickets so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive, you know exactly how much it's going to cost you up front with their all-in prices and don't have to deal with any hidden fees. You can buy tickets in seconds, just two taps on the app. They're obsessed with finding ways to save you money on tickets. You can get exclusive flash deals and sponsor deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, anything you can think of. And with zone deals, you pick the section, game time picks the seats for an average of 18% savings. Game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code. Locked on NBA. That's L O C K E D O N N B A. Use the code for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. So, Camille, the news that uh, we just referenced before, I think we were all looking forward to this tear that Giannis has been on and thinking about. This is the future. This is the present. Giannis and Victor Wembenyama. Who is Victor uh, Wembenyama most likely to develop into? Potentially a player like a Giannis and what we have seen. And then we check the injury report and uh, and see there will be no Victor Wembenyama in this matchup between the Bucks and the Spurs. So I'm going to put you on the spot. 
what's the appeal of this game if you are a Bucks fan who sees a subpar Spurs team that is coming in without their phenom rookie? I mean, I mentioned to you before we we went live here, I had tickets to the Spurs game and I bought them with my husband to say like, hey, we're going to see Wimby in person. It's going to be amazing. And now that he's not playing, I was like, geez, I guess the resale value won't be uh, <laughs> super high on these tickets. But uh, something else about the Spurs that I do like, I do enjoy Devin Passell. I do wa- like watching him play. I love the way he plays. It's a nice young guard. He has a smooth mid-range game. He's just kind of fun to watch play ball. Uh, Jeremy so like I don't know if the Jeremy Sohan point guard experiment <laughs> is still ongoing. I believe that Pop has it waned is. off that at this yeah. point, but we'll uh, that could be interesting to keep an eye on if we see him handling the ball <laughs> during this game, but like, let's be honest. We'll be real about it. Like, no Wimby definitely takes a lot of what you were looking for in this matchup away. The Spurs have not been a good basketball team so far this season. They were also on a crazy losing streak before they were able to sully up a win against the Lakers. So at least we don't have to worry about being on the wrong side of history in that regards. But again, it's just a team that has not been performing well this season. Four and twenty-one. Like, it's a game that you would expect the Bucks to win, and losing that Wimby Giannis matchup. It, it, it's a little bit less special now. Yeah, it's um, it's an interesting Spurs team. I, I guess we'll just say that um, you referenced the Jeremy Sohan experiment. It has not worked. And uh, the Spurs no. have clearly stuck with that much, much longer than they should have. Um, Trey Jones is, is just kind of floundering there, sitting on the bench. And maybe now uh, Jeremy Sohan will shift back to power forward with uh, no Victor Wembanyama in this game, and we will see Trey Young or Trey Jones get his first start of the uh, season here. But uh, yeah, it, it is it's a rough watch for the Spurs team. But the good news for the Bucks is this is another one of those coveted get right games that this should give you an opportunity to continue to take some strides defensively. And, you know, just as we saw them put away the Rockets late, we saw them blow out the Pistons. These types of games we've been longing for and saying, you don't need to get to the clutch against some of the lower-tier teams in the league. The Bucs have taken some steps away from that, and tomorrow should be another good opportunity to do so once again. Hopefully we continue to see Dame continuing to warm up. I mentioned it during last night's show, but... We mentioned that Dame is somebody who historically has started slow into the season, and we saw it again this season with the Bucks as well. Just looking at his three-point percentage alone in October, which was a very small sample size, 29.6% from three. November, that bumped up to 33.6. And then so far in December, he's shooting 44.3% from three. So it's one of those things for me in this game where I'm going to be watching, like you said, hoping that the Bucks are able to take care of business and not play around with their food, not let this linger out. Just come out and do what you're supposed to do against bad teams. And I don't like to call a lot of teams bad in the NBA because they're all getting checks, they're all getting paid. But I think everybody can agree there are a handful of bad teams in the league this year, and the Spurs happen to be one of them, especially when you don't have uh, Victor Wembanyama out there with them who, since they put him at center, he's 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 also been very, very good there. So, I mean, you hope the uh, the Bucks take care of business. I'm not sure who's going to be able to really stop Giannis. I'm also, same question with Dame. Like, it should be one of those matchups where hopefully we get a lot of fourth quarter playing time from some of the young guys who don't get as much time because the Bucks are up. That's the hope. 
uh, that person stopping Giannis would be Sandro Mamu Kelishvili. I think that much is, <laughs> is, is clear for this uh, Spurs team. And yeah, I mean, a lot of these Spurs games, the box score is pretty ugly. And then you just look at the line for Victor Wembanyama, and that is the only bright spot. Another double double last night. He had been on a tear with those or Sunday uh, night. Four block shots, four assists. He's routinely putting up four by fours. Um, everything else around him is is just not great. The last thing I'll add, uh, too, is you mentioned Damian Lillard and the slow starts and, and how he's been heating up. Um, I keep going back to the date of November 16th because that was one game after that return to Toronto where the Bucks mm-hmm. mopped the floor with the Raptors and got some revenge. The offense was really clicking. That was the game Giannis missed. And then shortly after that, Damian Lillard missed some time in Orlando, the game in Indianapolis against the Pacers, or just before that, I should say, as well. Um, But in those games played since November 16th, it really seemed like after Giannis missed that game and after Dame had missed a couple of games, each of those two guys got their chance to kind of play the way that they had in previous seasons. And that seems to have triggered them being a lot more comfortable within this team and their roles. And obviously the games played together since then have really sparked the uh, the comfort and the chemistry between the two of those players. But the numbers back that up as well. You mentioned some of the splits for Dame. In the games played since then, 15 games played for Damian Lillard. He's averaging just under 27 points a game. He's shooting 46% from the field and 41% on his three-point attempts. Giannis is, is scoring 33 points a game and shooting basically 65% from the field. So we've heard about Damian Lillard's slow starts. We experienced that early, but I think it kind of snuck up on people of, no, he's consistently been shooting the ball very, very well the last couple of weeks now. I was trying to recall too, is that also around the same time when he started to get his minutes allocated the the way they were in Portland? Yeah. Since he's been also getting able to, the chance to play the full first quarter, the full third quarter, because he mentioned it helps him get into his rhythm. I think that's also helped as well, because you'll see times where uh, he's just able to, to fit into whatever the flow of the game is. And that is something I've appreciated about watching Dane play. He doesn't force the issue uh, when he doesn't have to. And he leans on his teammates a lot. And we've also seen his assist numbers continuously rise month after month now um, with him on the team. So I like the changes that we've seen with Dame. I think the the Toronto game that you pointed to was a big starting point for him and also getting back into a more comfortable flow with his rotation so that he's able to get into rhythm and play the game. Because like we've seen with Chris for years, like Chris is also somebody who's a rhythm player. And I think we saw that for him in the fourth quarter against Houston, where he was able to get to his spots, get his shots, get a couple up. They're falling, keep feeding them. And that's something with this Bucks team that you see. The night that Giannis had 64, you see Dame like, hey, bro, you got it. And I'm passing you the ball. Like they're feeding the hot hand here. And you love to see that with this team as well. Like they can each individually cook when they want to between Dame and Chris or Dame and Giannis. But you also see that they have a a respect for each other. Where they're like, if it's your night here, you keep going with it. And I love that aspect of it as well. All right. Well, no Wemby for the Bucks and Spurs game, but it'll still be an entertaining game in, in the recap as well from Camille and Frank. So we'll be back on uh, tomorrow with the uh, recap of the Bucks and the Spurs. It, it should be another one of those get right games for the Bucks, but uh, we'll find out t- tomorrow evening. For Camille, I'm Justin. We'll talk to you once again tomorrow with more Locked on Bucks.